Tijuana Sound Machine Sound Machine Sound Machine Jenny Artichoke lived in a boat down by the sea with her baby, and she didn't know much about anything, but she was oh so nice to me. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Saturday night, August 11th, and I'm certain that none of you recognize that line, but um, it's from a wonderful song called Jenny Artichoke, and what it has to do with Lucha Libre, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, August is a month that starts with the letter A, which is apropos, because the last time we did an episode of Lucha World was in April. It Another was? A month. Wow. Yes, when we interviewed Superboy. It's all your fault, Kurt. Huh? Yeah. It's the blame on you. That's rule number one, ladies and gentlemen. I, I actually suggested we do this show every two weeks. Rule number one. Everything is Vandal Drummond's fault. That and we can't figure out how to use the recorder half the time. So. Yeah, I always hear the theme music from 2001 Space Odyssey in the background whenever we're playing with this. Not because of the Ric Flair thing going, but be- I-, I remember that scene where all these uh, troglodytes are like, you know, beating away at bones or whatever. And, and- we also just figured out I'm, I'm just as bad on cell phones as you are. Yeah, we had an in- <laughs> Oh, my God. Fredo and I had the most interesting experience two weeks ago to this day. We were at a hybrid roller derby wrestling show in Pomona at the Fairplex, and there was this amazing woman called the Oracle who sang the national anthem. A very sweet lady, but she was getting to know Fredo and I, and or me and Fredo, I should say. Yes, correct. And she looked at us and just said very sincerely, not with any tone of sarcasm, you guys are computer nerds, aren't you? And we're sitting there saying, oh, great, we look like computer nerds, but we can't work our way past the keyboard. Would she be disappointed <laughs> with our conversation earlier? Oh, oh, she should see us trying to work this you microphone. Know, I, I accidentally called your wife. 
But you gave me the wrong number then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so ladies and ge- gentlemen, Fredo Fredo ding dong ditched my Elena. He was trying to get my phone number down on his cell phone and was trying to figure out how to do it, but instead got the wrong number, which was Elena's. So she he dialed up Elena and uh, ding dong ditched her when she answered. Yep, so that's right. actually, I didn't. She hung up on me. This is a fascinating show so yes, far. So far. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you do talk about Lucha Libre. There's a lot of <laughs> other wacky stuff that you're going to be. And so far, about. I don't think we've talked about Lucha Libre at all, and there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, actually, there's two big stories that we've actually we actually held out. We were going to do the show like two, a week ago. Yes, but we decided to skip that week because yes. So amongst was... the things uh, that we'll be talking about tonight, we're going to be talking about the debut of the new and improved Mystico. Mystico. Wow! Look at I can't look. I, I I okay. I do the first story and I can't even say his name right. He's Mystico. Mystico. Okay, we're going to be talking about the new and improved Mystico. Kurt says improved. I do not. I say, say improved. Kurt, Kurt says he's improved. He was once the great rookie luchador Dragon Lee, and uh, we'll be talking about the recent Triple Mania show. Uh, gonna also bid a fond farewell to Red Bastine, who passed away. Just today, right? Just today at age 81. Um, and we'll also be uh, talking a bit about the CMLL women. Okay. Item number one. The new Mystico who made his debut, was it August 4th or 3rd? August 3rd. August 3rd. In Arena, Mexico in front of 12,000 fans. And... Which is way more than they, we, they have been getting. They've been getting like really low crowds lately. Which to me is a bit of a shocker. I he was. I don't think he was there. Yes, he actually worked the fifth match. I was going to say. Oh, oh shocker! shocker. Yeah. Okay, I'm a little slow tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know what you're all thinking. Why should that be different from any other night? <laughs> Bada bum. Uh, well, we both saw the handheld footage that a fan took of. Yeah, and I think we we both actually have seen him as Dragon Lee. Yes. So I think we knew a little more about him going in. Yes. If unless you didn't see it, you'd be like a little bit more. <laughs> you'd be a little more intrigued by it. I thought he was all right. I mean, I, I thought he did fine. I know a lot of people are uh, looking at the new Mystico as. The whole concept is probably going to crash and burn. Is what it actually most people has. are. Sadly, sadly, we've taken so long to do a podcast. It's crashed and burned. What they've already <laughs> taken the mask off him. He's lost his mask. No, he actually debuted his his debut match aired today in Yellowvision. So. Oh, very good. That's. Well, I, I I guess I'm the eternal naive optimist. Maybe it comes from growing up in Southern California near a beach all the time. Uh, I actually really enjoyed him as Dragon Lee. I was a big Dragon Lee fan. Oh, gee. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I know some people are going to hate that I'm saying that. But uh, that's not to say that his inexperience, his greenness is pretty obvious. Yeah. But I yeah. do like him quite a bit. I think his... And that's where you kind of start worrying about him because he's just 19 years old. Yes. So, And you could tell he's really green. Like his first match... He was really, as Mystico was really, there were certain spots where he was mess, missing, like certain, like he was watching certain things. Right. Where, but he, the stuff he does well, 
he, he does, does it well. well. Yeah, he does it well. And that finishing dive outside of the ring, I thought was magnificent. Yeah, and and that's all that matters. I think fans, but I mean, it's a different climate now with um the fans now in, in Arena Mexico. They just hate everything. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and they, you know, it's not just their fault. I mean, a lot of it is self-inflicted type of mm-hmm. booking where they're just like they're just booking really weird. You know, I think we we've touched on this before. I I really enjoy CMLL, but that's despite their lame booking. I mean, I mean, I think an amateur could do a better booking job than they do. I mean, there's so many holes in it. And that's what I kind of mentioned with Mystico. Like, he could be like the flashiest wrestler. He could have a great he could have a great like fan base and everything, but they're gonna find a way to screw it up. That's the way their bookers have like. I think they've kind of like. Put this, put this in our head where it's like we think it's going to be like a. They're going to fuck it up somehow. Well, 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 yeah, think of it. <laughs> yeah. Every September, we expect an anniversary card that's going to end in a cage match with yeah. the, the 100 wrestlers in there. You don't even expect anything good. Yeah. You automatically expect there's going to be a cage match. Yeah. It's like, because you see all these feuds and you think, oh, maybe they're going to have five. Somebody who isn't watching CMLL is going to think, maybe they're going to run six really good matches. Mm-hmm. No, they're going to put them all in one cage. Exactly. The yes. flagship show, the anniversary show, the show that used to be the show of shows. Yeah. I mean, you think back on um, Rio de Jalisco versus Cien Caras yeah. back, was it 91 or 90? Yeah. I mean, that was what a typical anniversary show was and now it's a throwaway show and they've done cage matches like what three of the last four years or at least i mean i guess you know that's how bad it is now where you don't even really follow it (laughs) where it's like yeah they've had cage matches which brings me to the question is there any buzz on the upcoming anniversary show what yes but i can't tell you because dr lucha told me not to tell anybody okay then that (laughs) just (laughs) damn i wanted to know a secret off the air yeah yeah, Steve. Steve will blurt it out on uh, Figure Four Daily, and <laughs> and t- and I won't be able to reveal the 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 real story. But I think it's I I still think I still I disagree with what Steve suggested. I still think it's going to be a cage match. <laughs> <laughs> I know he tried to talk me out of it, but I should we should I some, say it's a cage match. We should play some bets on it. Yeah, it's going to be a cage match. We should put. I was actually going to write a an, a post where I was going to pick the top five matches for. Um, for the predicting for the anniversary show, and I thought, you know, it's going to be a cage match. Why waste time like mm-hmm. writing all these other things? And they actually did the one match I was going to joke as a main event was going to be uh, Marcella versus Tiffany. Yes, and they just did that like a week ago. So mm-hmm. it's like obviously that's that's not worth it. As long as it's not Mystico in a cage match losing his mask, <laughs> which wouldn't surprise me at this That'd point. That'd be a show, a uh, great show of faith, wouldn't yeah. it? That'd be fun. Well, I mean, it sounds like they don't have a lot of faith in him, but... Wow. I it, it It's just kind of baffling that they would take somebody so young. I mean, I just, I want the gimmick to work because I feel bad for this guy who's so young being put in such a high-pressure situation. You know, it's so weird because he did a lot of interviews leading up to the, the show and... Mm-hmm. Before going to other um, his first matches elsewhere, and he talked about they asked him what he was like, what are his strengths and weaknesses, and he would talk about his strengths being um, he's athletic, a mm-hmm. high flyer, and his weaknesses are like he's really young, inexperienced, and I'm and he's really thin, and I'm like, and I'm thinking about the inexperienced part, and I'm thinking you know Mystico the other the first one he had already had like three years under his belt before he got the right the spot and just in cmll he had like three or four years in there 
before actually getting the mystical name. And this guy, I mean, one year, and he's all of a sudden already the... Yeah, talk the, about rushing yeah. somebody. And then the way they're booking guys, it's not going to last. He's not going to be special. They're not making yeah. anybody seem special. Everybody's actually just evening out. It's never like... You don't see... How often do you see La Sombra on um, television? Not often. Not often not enough. enough. No, not often enough. You get the... How often have we seen the women main event on Galavision? Far more often than we used to. <laughs> it seems like every time I turn on uh, Galavision, and you know, we know the joke here. I've been sporadic in my wrestling viewing, but I DVR CML frequently. Yeah. And whatever show I DVR, it seems like I turn it on. Boom! There's a women's six man tag, and I like the women. Did you steal that from Conan? Did you steal the boom from Conan? No, I didn't, actually. <laughs> you haven't heard his podcast yet, huh? Oh, no. The only uh, podcast I heard is the one where he and Court Bauer are interviewing Dave Meltzer, which I thought was an awesome oh, podcast. Oh, okay. That was good. That was good. Okay, then, wow. Well, yeah. I, you I st- you're, stealing, you're stealing the boom. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's always women, and it's really hard because they keep changing, like, who's going to work the main event. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep up with all these other shows. So, I mean, it's really hard just to, like, grasp onto certain wrestlers. Yes. As the main eventers when they're really not on TV that often. And it's almost like, it seems like they don't put any thought on what's going to be on TV. It's like, let's just tape something, put it on TV, where, well, you brought up Sombra, and as you know, Sombra is one of my faves in CMLL. I mean, here's a guy with one of the most, in what should be one of the most innocuous gimmicks, you know, the shadow very just yeah and he's just one of those guys but he looks great but yeah. I mean he puts something into it where he works it really well and this is somebody they should be showing off and it's just like he's another guy in the background yeah well see you you see Rush Rush right now is a hot guy in the yes. promotion but then like La Sombra was a hot guy what last year where is he now he's very rarely he's in the trios matches yeah. and I mean you don't even see like the trio he used to have like challenging for belts it's always just now we have atlantis here's ultimo guerrero here's um ray scorpion versus black warrior here's it's 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 all these different guys yeah, like, and it's like it's like like hey everybody come see the cmll show it's yeah. like they're not really and putting it, anybody up front. it's it's very different to what triple a used to do triple a was more of they would do that when they lost a lot of talent but you kind of knew how it was booked it, it was booked they had everybody had a storyline mm-hmm. and that's where cmll falls apart where yes. they don't really have a storyline for every guy you just kind of have to follow the matches. Now, so Mystico is going to end up having that same problem. That's a shame. That's really a shame. Now, yeah. what's the buzz? Who, who has the strongest power on the booking team in CMLL? Or do we know? Is it? I can't tell you. It's my friend. No, just kidding. It's, <laughs> no, it's probably. I think it's Ultimo Guerrero that has. But I mean, there's, there's. It's a booking team, so it's like it, it varies. I'm guessing. Well, we'll talk about Red Bastine later. But one thing I'll. Red Bastine has booking power. <laughs> it's been revealed. Ah, ah, we are dealing with another world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but no, I remember years ago. You could kind of tell who's got booking power. Let's see, Ultimo Guerrero, main event team. Yeah. <laughs> Made a mention. Who's that? Who else no, is no, I remember book? years ago, the first time I ever heard of booking by committee was uh, when WCW, uh, I, don't even, I don't even remember if they were officially WCW by the time, but uh, I think it was like 89 or 90 when we were always going to Tijuana, and I remember uh, being there with Pat Hoed, and we were talking to Red Bastine, and uh, just talking about the state of, you know, NWA slash WCW, and Bastine just laughed and said, 
said, oh my God, what is this committee nonsense? He says, you'll get nowhere booking by committee. You have to have somebody in charge, somebody directing the show. You don't vote on it. And I actually, I mean, I I think that holds true. See, I think with CMLL, if I I was like, if I was somebody who could actually influence them into changing what they're doing, Mm -hmm. I would actually have like a booker for each TV show or something and let the guy pick pick who he wants to use for that show or whatever because I mean it makes no sense like one week you're watching La Sombra and uh, Galavision then all of a sudden you're, you have to look for him on Fox Sport you know what they really need is somebody who could actually like put every single one of their shows on their website so you know you know the video yes. so you could actually watch it and there's actually a rhyme to the re- the insanity that they're booking because it makes no sense oh wow well Let's hope things might change up the road. I, I, I don't think we should get our hopes up. Obviously, this has been the CMLL story for some time let's, now. Let's just all join the group, the whole bandwagon of hating on shitting on CMLL. <laughs> well, but like see, I said, I, 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 I think, enjoy it despite their incompetent book. See, I think one of the problems that they have is that they, um, they think because people are criticizing them, they think they hate that we hate them. Yeah. We criticize them because we care about it. We actually enjoy the shows. We want to improve it. I mean, last year they were having a bunch of great matches on TV, and this year they've really not had the same caliber of In great fact, matches. Remember last year uh, around this time when we were watching not just the Averno versus Mascara match, the you know mask versus mask, but we were watching that whole show, and that was like, okay, this is what they should be doing. Yeah. You know? But see, that's very, very rarely do they. They'll have like some good shows. I mean, every promotion has a good show. They have so much talent, they're going to get one good show. But they always have like one good show, and then they have this one show where it just doesn't make sense. Their booking is like, they don't really go beyond that. They'll have Ultimo Girl feuding with like Atlantis, and all of a sudden the next week Atlantis is like arguing with Mr. Niebla. Mm -hmm. Or they'll have, then they'll have Mr. Niebla feuding with Volador Jr., which is like the feud now. Mr. Nablin Volador Jr. is the, the new feud. Maybe they'll start flagshipping the uh, welterweight champion. So then they'll... John Strongman. Yeah, and, no, and now they're going to do the they're going to do their tournament, their mm-hmm. universal tournament, which is, I'm sure it's going to be very enjoyable to see everybody lose in under five minutes. <laughs> I, you know, I just enjoy that because I always enjoy when they bring the Japanese guy and then Dave Meltzer writes about how he doesn't get it. <laughs> it's like, it's like it, it makes me laugh. It's like, Dave, you watch WWE and you survived impact for all those years and you still don't get it there is no logic in wrestling there's no logic it's become theater of the absurd everybody just writes the most bullshitty stuff for the Mm -hmm. wrestling show except for AAA I kind of enjoy their show which I would like to get caught up on and you never will ever since ever since you promised you to start watching that show when Conan said to watch it they cancelled the show <laughs> it was it was all your fault I guess I put a curse in it I, I <laughs> you cursed the show I blessed my wealth and I blessed myself but I put a curse on AAA I do believe um well well there was hope because remember I did I did if we go over to Slam and Stand territory I did watch an entire episode of Raw two weeks ago that is true that is so true. so um, and you you well, who could forget that review of the entire run? It was intense. Lasted 90 minutes. It was wonderful. It was the best review of a WWE Raw show ever. The next time you'll review Triple Mania when it airs. I will. <laughs> I will. And it'll be even better than my review of Raw. It, that will be coming up, ladies and gentlemen. If it's anything like the pictures that Black Terry Jr. took, it's going to be a good um, TV show. Okay. Yes. So I will be as soon as I can watch. You could actually re- we could recap the show 
based on the pictures. I like that idea. Yeah, we There's should do concept. that. We're going to get very uh, modern yeah. art on you people. We could, we could discuss Sexy Star's outfit and all that. I oh, um, think we should. Getting back to Mystico. Yes. We should probably finish. Um, after the that show, he worked a couple of other shows, mm-hmm. and they didn't draw as well. So, I, so it was a curiosity thing. Yeah, though. so apparently it's not as... A shame. Um, it's, but it's not unexpected. It's... Yeah, it's not unexpected because right now CML is cold. It's not a. Yeah. It's not the hot promotion. AAA is the hot promotion right now. You know, it's it, it's like when people ask you which one's the better promotion, mm-hmm. and it's like you you ask at a time where it's like CML is the hot the hotter promotion, and then like they'll ask you three months later, and it's like I thought you said CMLL was the hotter promotion. I go three months ago it was the hotter promotion. Now it's AAA. It's now it's AAA. I think CMLL was hot from like ninety seven to like. Was not, wasn't hot, but was the better promotion from, like, 97 to, like, 2009. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but since then, it's been AAA's been far better. Not hotter than the... CML hasn't... I don't mean that it's been hotter, more like they had better quality back then. And we will return in just a minute, folks, and talk about Triple Mania. And I think we have returned. Triple Mania... That's what we're going to be talking about now. Of course, I it was good. Seen let's, it yet. let's skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us have seen it. Well, it's going to air like I think in Mexico in the next two weeks, and probably the following week, and then the week after. So we w- we will actually yeah, and I think Mass I think yeah, then the um, show. Mass Republic said that they're going to release a DVD of it mm-hmm. with English and Spanish commentary, but we don't know yet because. Last time they changed their mind, so I wasn't sure. Well, and I'm sure they're probably going to be doing the English commentary. It might for somebody like I'm me, guessing it's Conan probably. Well, that would be worth yeah, seeing that Conan with him like doing boom, <laughs> <laughs> boom, bam, Messiah, Doctor Wagner, boom, <laughs> <laughs> wigwam, bam. Yeah, um, no, if it's Conan, I'd like to hear it. Conan and um, who's like a really bad announcer? <laughs> they got to have like. Rob Tr- Rod Trongard. <laughs> Did you have that? Is that who, oh well? Who, who was the guy who was on one of those pay per views a few years ago who compared uh, Hijo de Santo and Blue Demon Junior to Pepsi and Diet Pepsi or Coke and Diet? Oh jeez, I haven't heard that. Who did that? I don't know, but it was yeah. I was cringing as I listened to it. Mm. It had to be one of those i pay per views, no? It was one. No. It was one of the pay-per-views, not an iPay-per-view, but one of the ones that actually made it to the big screen TV. Was this... Um, yes, I think it was. I think it was, yes. Oh, then we shouldn't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> okay, pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> but it's true. It was I'm hard, keeping it was quiet. I'm keeping quiet. I don't want people to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Kurt is breaking kayfabe as we speak. Oh, yeah. Kurt is pretty much killing everything for <laughs> us. killing the business. Yes. He's yes, kid. right here in Walnut Kills. Yes. Yeah, and so, destroying the business. So Triple Mania was last Sunday. 90% full house at the Arena Ciudad de Mexico City, the new building. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you didn't know that. Did you know that? I did building? not know that. No. Um, they put uh, Paraguayo Sr. in the Hall of Fame. Triple A Hall really? of Fame. Really? Yep. He was there. 
Somebody who should belong in any Hall of Fame. Yeah, he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. It was he had to have appeared one time in WWE. He was a WWE WWF lightweight champion. Yeah, he should. That be. That was back in the early eighties. Yeah, yeah, when there was actually a WWF light heavyweight championship, and I think he probably held it. You know who more could? Frequently you know who could be else. in the, the Hall of Fame? Lo, um, Los Vipers weren't they in um, WWE like in nineteen ninety nine or something like that? Two thousand were they? 98, 97 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. With Cybernetico and all those guys? Remember when they brought back Mil Mascaros and all those guys? Oh, yes, yes. You skipped uh, wrestling back then. I knew it. No, no, you're trying Kurt skipped wrestling. We, we've we just discovered Kurt skipped wrestling from Not the late, late 90s. late 90s. Late 90s was when I probably watched more Nitro. wrestling as a, in my 30s than I did... Um, Probably lost because there was so much Nitro. There was so much Nitro. It was, was entertaining too. Yeah, so. Nitro was still good, and WWE was becoming interesting. Yeah, remember when WWE brought in like Santo and all those guys? Negro Costas. Yeah, and they were the year before that. that. The year before that, they brought in the AAA guys: um, Cibernetico, okay. Paraguayo, Hector Garza, Latin Lover, and they also brought in like the Vipers. I don't remember that. Yeah, you never like Mosco. That was one of the first time they brought in Mosco and all okay. that. Okay, yeah. I do remember the. Uh, Spanish TV show they had where, you know, Negro Costas was right. Toscano, Tos- Tarzan Boy was on that. Yes, so he yes. He could be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And am I remembering right, right that they have like almost like mic audience cheers because yeah, the audience so. didn't know who these people were, so they weren't popping for him. Yeah, Santo would come out and nobody was. Yeah. They had like that Latino music. Yeah, they're American fans and they're probably saying, who's the guy in the silver mask? And nobody was there to respond, Santo, Santo. I just remember okay, that show. Well, that was get, a fun show, though. But let's get to the depth, the most important issue well, the in o- Triple Mania, and that is uh, Sexy Star's new body. They opened the match with that, um, like a tribute match for um, the po- one of the last matches that Antonio Pena came up with was the Relevos de um, de Locura, which is crazy rival. Like, how do you? I don't know. Re- relevos. Yeah, no, Wait, the no, you're saying in yeah. English, it sounds re- like a Japanese yeah. English re- re- Yeah, re- Relevos de Locura is um, um, the crazy, like, teens or whatever. Crazy, jumping, happy <laughs> I can't remember how to say it. Well, you know, it, where they team up the, the, the Exotico, the Mini, the, the woman, and the, and oh, the guy. Oh, yes. They oh, open, and that actually, would, like, people who are just, like... Just into like regular wrestling. That's basically mm-hmm. the match that they thought was really the best one, which isn't a surprise because if you've ever seen those matches, those are really good matches. Yes. First of all, the, the, the if they have the like the right minis are always good. Mm-hmm. Fabi's in the match. Fabi Apache's in the match. She's always good. Sexy Star does her gimmick well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she was awful. Is Pimpinella still looking strong? Pimpinella was in it. Mm-hmm. Eureka was in it, and Eureka's a very underrated worker. Mm-hmm. Also, I always confuse him for um, Ros- Rosie Moreno, <laughs> which is another bad thing. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's good or bad for Eureka. <laughs> but I love when um, Vampiro made his return. I think it was the show before this, or like I think it was yeah the show before Triple Mania. And I wrote Vampiro looks like he's an emo kid, like one of those <laughs> overaged emo kids. And then um, Tim Evans, uh, I think it was Tim Evans, tells me. He tweets me and he's like, he's like, yeah, he looks like Eureka's older brother or something like that. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> looks like the, he, he looks like the emo kids from uh, from South Park. You know, we should try to contact AAA and try to get them to use uh, our local uh, transgender wrestler Amanda. They probably they probably take her. 
Right, they probably take her. She's not that bad. She's pretty good. And she is actually. She's pretty good. She's pretty ballsy too. Yeah. No pun intended. But no, she's she's a, a. Yeah, and then they the other two guy the two guys in the match were uh, Phoenix as the babyface and mm-hmm. Dark Dragon as the Rudo, who are brothers, mm-hmm. and they are really good. Very good. So it's it it actually turned out to be a good match. But what you were talking what we were talking about most. During the <laughs> non portion of the non recorded portion of the show. That's right, during the break. Was Sexy Stars on Body and how it's changed over it, the years. I, I, over the months, me, over the day, yeah, over the week. You showed me the photo of her. Then today was the first I saw the new Sexy Star. Yeah. And I, I just sat there going, She really her. is sexy now. <laughs> she is, actually, I actually love the way she looked before. I mean, yeah. you know, me, I kind of like that voluptuous look, but um, she's like, I mean, she looks good now. I mean, she looked good then, but she looks like a, like athletic. Now. Yeah, athletic. I mean, I think now it's because she probably does want to give another shot at going to WWE. Oh, jeez. Which and that's not a knock on her. It's just it's more heartbreaking than anything. it's heartbreaking because so many people want to get in there and it's like almost so impossible. Yeah, she's she's all right. I mean, she's not a bad wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then they had the cage match where they had um, it was the Relevo Suicida, Suicide Tag Teams. But this year, they had a they had a concept where it was like, each guy would team up with his former partner. So they had Teddy Hart teaming with um, Jack Evans. Sweet. Hart Foundation 2.0. Then they had Joe Leader teaming with Nicho mm-hmm. at Psychosis. Then they had... Um, they had Chessman teaming with um, Juventud Guerrera, which I have no idea when, if they teamed. I think they might have teamed in the past. So it's just one of those things where I just right. can't remember. And then they had... Um, Extreme Tiger teaming with um, Halloween, mm. which was their old tag team from when they were uh, Familia de Tijuana. Okay, a couple of years ago, and uh, that was going to be the cage match. The final, the, the winner was going to have to remove, get his head shaved or remove his mask. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I think nobody. First of all, nobody realized it was a cage match until like a day before that, or I think the very day that they saw the cage was there. Yes. that's when they figured out it was going to be a cage match. This is where you kind of figure out where Lucha Libre is a little behind in telling you what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we didn't realize was that there was going to be a singles match between the two guys. So the match wasn't going to end. It was going to, you know, the finalists would end up wrestling each other later, which ended up being um, Leader versus Nicho, with Nicho beating um, Leader, Leader getting his head shaved, mm-hmm. which was pretty interesting. I still don't get the fascination with Joe Leader and Joe Leader and Nicho with um, Electroshock. Which I understand. I, I never got electroshock. I mean, it's been a while since I watched. Which I'm sure you'll enjoy by the the Kurt Angle when we get to the Kurt Angle. Match. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but the Joe Leader thing. I mean, I think that what more or less what it is is that he does hardcore wrestling, and that's what fans really? like. Really. And that's that's pretty much now, it. Now, is that okay? It's very popular in Mexico. It is popular in Mexico. Yes, like, it's huge. Wow. <laughs> I don't get it, but eh, apples and oranges to yeah. each his own. Oh, and Vampiro made his re- made his appearance on there to help. Um, I think he helped Joe Leader. And if history is uh, any uh, marker, then he went. He it got he disappeared really well. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said no. he got over really well. It probably it probably did, and then he's going to disappear once again. Yeah. But I think nowadays it's because he's got other things going on with his mm-hmm. non wrestling stuff. So I think more more or less they could use him. And then yes. when he leaves, they're perfectly fine with it. The way the, yeah. it works now better for them, where he does his appearance. And, then well, and, he, and he's the, I can't remember a time where he hasn't been over in Mexico like when yeah. he always seems to just he's just over all he has to do is show yeah. up and he's over I hope I didn't say what I said did you record what I said about him 
You did, huh? You said only good things about him. Only I didn't say anything things. bad. It's just him getting older. I mean, come on. I would have said that about older. I would have said that about a bunch of rock group bands. Well, that's not rock even, members. That's not even saying anything bad about. You know what? Him. I mean, it's kind of like when um, I don't think you've have you seen this um, documentary on punk rock guys. As they've gotten older, they have kids now. I heard a review of it when it came out, and I actually really want to see it because I remember. Yeah, it's really entertaining. And you know, one of the guys is a big wrestling fan. He does um, the guy from Rancid. Mm-hmm. He does one of the podcasts of um, he does Good Goodwill Wrestling and this mm-hmm. other podcast. And um, he he kind of mentioned, yeah, you know, you don't really think about it when you're a kid. That when you're older, you've got all these tattoos all over your face and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you don't really think about that stuff. Every time, I mean, tattoos are so mainstream now, but, uh, you know, I know a lot of people where I work, people have tattoos all over the place, and they actually look really good on them. Yeah. But I keep thinking to myself, in 20 years, those tattoos are going to be faded, you're going to look a little more faded. Yeah. It's it's going to be difficult to and probably expensive if you want to keep them up keep yeah it's, them looking it's, fresh it's, it's, so it's not it's, it's not so much of me like making fun it's just age no, it happens I, to all of us well it's like you know look at, you us, know, look at me backpedaling <laughs> no it's true no I, the, the big I'm, hey I'm the biggest mark for Pirata Morgan yeah I, I, next to Nero Casas he's my fave luchador yeah and I, I've said this before he can't work like he used to, yeah. but it doesn't matter. That guy's given so much that if if they can pay him just to stand in the corner, pay him. He's awesome just standing there, and he's paid his dues for God's sake. I can only imagine if I ever meet all these wrestlers, how many of them would want to just punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Although most of them would no, probably think, get along I think with there's me. A lot of, I think there's a lot of sheet writers or people on the internet who've said a lot yeah, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that bad. No, no. There's people who just said outright crass stuff about yeah. wrestlers. I, I think you've just given me I barely observations say, and I barely say bad things about people. <laughs> Plus, I don't mind it. I, I could. I could handle. I could dish as well as handle the criticism. Absolutely. Too, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Then right after that, they had um the Consejo versus Psycho Circus match, mm-hmm. which was um an eight man tag because you can't have a trios match. So they had an eight man tag. They had La Parca teaming with um, the, the La Parca AAA one. Teaming with Psycho Circus versus El Consejo, which was um, Tejano Jr., Toscano. Do you even know Consejo? You know Consejo, yes. right? <laughs> I, I do and that. Cemental. I don't know much, but I do know And that. Cemental. They were teaming with Octagon. Octagon isn't with Consejo. Mm-hmm. So basically, the only reason he teamed with them was get what was going to happen. Consejo was going to turn on Octagon. Mm-hmm. So they turned on him. La Parca saved them. So that's now the... But Octagon still hasn't gone with them. Interesting. Was, that, was that effective? Did it work? Well, I mean, it's basically... I think people forgot about it. But <laughs> about the fourth match. <laughs> so it didn't well, I think, well, you know, the thing is, I think they want to get that... I think it's more of a build-up towards... Um, they're trying to build up the Consejo versus Psycho Circus thing. Mm-hmm. They just needed this match to build that up. And I think Octagon and La Parca, I think they, they don't... I don't think they know... What, they're old, I mean. What mm-hmm. else can... I thought La Parca was great as a heel. Like, see, like... For this show, I really thought that instead of tagging La Parca and L.A. Park, what, six, eight months ago? Mm-hmm. December, it's nine months ago. They should have done it at, on this show. Versus versus Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett. That would have been a badass match. That, that would have been really cool. Yeah. I, First time I, ever teaming to, to defend AAA. See, that would be really cool. Well, for one thing, La Parca and L.A. Park... Uh, it's almost like a Ric Flair thing where you could turn them heel again, but it's almost like people love them. Yeah. I mean, 
why not just keep them technicos? Just have them team do do this thing on this. If they want to turn them heel later, they're they're not going to turn them anyways. It's going to be people they love can, them. Yeah, people, especially L.A. Park. I mean, yeah, L.A. Park's the the guy that people love. You could have him impale the other wrestlers, and people are still going to love L.A. Park. And you know what I what I like about them is L.A. Park can carry a match. Mm-hmm. Yes, La Parca, he can't carry a match, but he can actually sell because he's always he's hurt. <laughs> Everything's yeah. hurt. Everything's basically bur- broken on him. So it's like he sells his arm well. He does all that stuff. He's very good at, the, at that works, stuff. It works. He gets over. It, it works, and he can always do that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, no doubt, L.A. Park is the genius. Of yeah. The so team. I mean, there's only they're going to have they, they'll just have a brawl. It's going to look great. Yes. So then they did that. Then they went to the hair versus hair match between Psychosis and Joe Leader, which I told you about, mm-hmm. where um, where Leader lost, and then and then they had a brawl afterwards because mm-hmm. they're going to keep that thing going. And I think Psychos is still going to wear his mask. After that, they had the loser, the loser, the losing Roldan gets his head shaved. Oh yes, Joaquin versus Dorian. Mm-hmm. They um, Joaquin's team was um, L.A. Park and Electroshock, mm-hmm. and Dorian's tag team was um, Jeff Jarrett. And then a week earlier, they announced that Kurt Angle was going to come in right. to be the the tag team partner. And um, I think. Did you hear about the finish? The finish was basically... I heard there was a swerve and I already forgot yes, what Yes, Dor- Dorian lost, mm-hmm. shook his dad's hand, hugged him, and then they all attacked him and shaved Joaquin's head. Oh, wow. So they basically turned and they kept the feud going. Basically, they're just doing it to keep the feud going. Yeah. And um, Kurt Angle got pinned by Electroshock. That was the other one that was wow. so funny. Now, I want to see... I want to know what Electroshock has on these people. I, I was going to... Well, that was my first question. And then the statement I have to follow up is I want to see that match only because Kurt Angle could probably carry a match for anybody. Yeah, if per- one person could make Electroshock look totally bitchin', well, I mean, it's Kurt Angle. I think we have like Electroshock versus Negro Navarro, mm-hmm. and then Navarro carried him to a passable match. Wow. I can't even remember if it was good. It, it, but it's like you're saying, what what is the secret behind Electroshock? Why the push? Does anybody know? Or is it just... Well, I think I think it's also because of his loyalty and all that stuff, you know, to, to Man, Pena. loyalty has something... Yeah, and I think there's also the Charlie Manson thing where maybe they... He needed money or something. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It's one of those things where you kind of just... No, lo- I think loyalty... You know act- what it is? What it is? I think a lot of fans like him. Like Maybe it's like a Mexico thing where certain fans just like him. And- so he is really <coughs> over with the fans then. You know, I mean, that's yeah, explanation you're, you're enough. If he's, not, if he's not hurting the other wrestlers... And I think and- when, when you think about AAA, like over the last 15 years, there's really only a handful of guys. There's Cibernetico, Electroshock, and... Um, Octagon and La Parca. Those mm-hmm. are the guys. <laughs> I'm just going I'm to keep finding more guys. There's a handful of guys that you think of yeah, as Yeah, I, I firmly believe if somebody is a, a, a tepid worker, isn't doing things that's hurting the other wrestlers, I think they isn't would. stiff, but if he's over, if they're over the fans, or they're drawing people, yeah, push them. I think push they them. thought, I think they thought, we need somebody who represents AAA over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Here are our choices. Electroshock. When you think about it like this, think mm-hmm. about it this way. Electroshock, Cibernetico, Octagon, mm-hmm. or La Parca. Cibernetico in a, in a long match won't really work. Octagon, Octagon is really like he's, a, he's, he's, he's and he's not he's not going to fit this. Th- he's not he's a right. he, and he's a heel right now. So yeah. he was a heel or whatever. And um, really, it comes down to La Parca and uh, um, Ele- Electroshock, and I think Electroshock was probably the guy. And maybe it's not such a bad thing, mm. you know. 
Well, before we uh, we gotta get to the main events. We okay. still have two more matches. Oh, you're, dear, you're trying will, will to. Will Triple Mania ever end? <laughs> My God, it, it lasted four hours. Well, in fact, before we get to those, uh, sorry, we gotta get to the next two, Kurt. Yeah, before we get to these two matches, there's one. Tri- oh, you were gonna a ask question. Something. I'd like to ask. Oh, because as I vowed the other week to watch that episode of Raw. And that was quite a sacrifice I made. I wonder. <laughs> that was a sacrifice. Yeah. I should be given like a purple heart for that. You probably should. You should probably. Uh, wait till you start reviewing it on on the on your, the Figure Four Daily um, wrestling website. You're the new recapper. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'll review the commercials. <laughs> yeah. The advertisements for uh, Expedia.com or whatever. Yeah. No. Um. As we know, AAA still not on. Uh, old school television here, old school cable TV. Yeah. Where would somebody like me, who's not the most proficient internet user, uh, find it on the internet? YouTube. YouTube, you can find yeah. pretty up to date stuff. Yeah, just look up the Cubs fans yeah. um, YouTube page. Because people can tell as I'm uh, doing this podcast with you that I have been watching very sporadically. I watched some CMLL. I have not watched any AAA in quite some time. And this is one of the foremost experts in Lucha Libre we're talking about. Exactly. exactly. My expertise uh, is old. Is it's old, old wrestling. It's old. I am decrepit. I am half yes. a century old. The new stuff you don't have time for. You don't like using computers. That's right. I just, you know, there hasn't been any well, you know the thing, since you know the, the thing is now there's so much more stuff available. Yeah. Whereas, like in the eighties, you were happy with one one show. You yeah. were getting one. You were getting one show a week. Well, one of the reasons I bring this up is is uh, for people uh, people listening is as we said, this is the first podcast of Lucha World we have done since April, and we are going to be doing the podcast on a regular basis now. Oh, really? Uh, this is a this is a news this is news to me. It was a smartass. We talked about this on the phone a few days ago. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> And then, uh, oh, um, and then we might have. Guests. If you keep doing this, I'm going to have. We a might guest. we might have guests down the line too. We so. might have guests down the line, yeah. and if Fredo keeps being a smartass, some uh, of these guests might actually threat threaten to kill me during the podcast. Yeah, live here at Walnut Kill. <laughs> we've already Bring them here. I think we've already insulted a couple. No, actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'll be doing the podcast. No, but uh, that's one of the reasons I want to start uh, catching up on some AAA. Uh, yeah. Plus, it sounds like it's really. Fun to watch right now. The TV's all the TV. The last two years has been really good. Mm-hmm. I think the big shows last year were really like downers. Mm-hmm. But I think seeing Triple Mania, the way it looked, mm-hmm. just from the pictures, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Very cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing and the matches. Show. I mean, yeah, you know, you're you're not going to be that excited to watch um, Mascareño dos Mil Junior. But I mean, he wrestled Doctor Wagner, so it's got to be good. That's cool. So those the, the so back on track here the two main events you were talking about oh yeah um the the first main event was the Messias mm-hmm. versus Paraguayo Junior for the AAA Mega Title their World Title uh, Messias retained um, Aguayo was bloodied mm-hmm. he actually got hit by a chair by um, Hector Garza Sweet. who is now out of the Perils del Mal <laughs> this this led to this funny um post on um, the Cubs fans website there's this guy who posts there who's a huge Hector Garza fan uh-huh. who was really happy that he turned that he's going to turn baby face and he's like he's like yes now he's going to get to shave his beard off and he could be clean shaven 
And I go, so I go, I go, so that's how we know that he's a baby face because he's clean shaven. So, so, I, so I'm. So what's going to happen is there's going to be an unknown grandson of Martin Cardellan is going to show up in Mexico because Martin Cardellan specialized in beard versus beard match. You know what I want? won them. You know what I want is um, Hector Garza to grow his beard, a beard now, like a really long beard. So we could know he's a heel. That would be cool. And the longer it gets, the more evil he becomes. Yes, yes. See, but I see, like, that. I think he has to be a heel because I, I just dig the whole um, him being the innocent. You know, the little spot where he does the innocent. And you're right, you're right. And at the same time, I think he's another guy who is on the verge of being so cool you don't want to hate him. Yeah, see, and that's the other thing. He could... When he was in CML, it was hard to boo him because he was a, he was a cool heel. He's just too cool. Yeah, he's to just a, he's just the yeah. guy that he's been around for such a long time. He's done so much where it's like, yeah, he was in Perils de Ma, which is cool. Mm-hmm. He's got to be cool, and then oh, now he's gonna be out. Oh, he's still cool and stuff. I think they're probably gonna end up just putting him in El Consejo. Yes, because they need a they need a top guy in that, that group also. That would actually make the Consejo connection just look a lot stronger than it is. Like, he could, they could win a belt and he could drop it afterwards or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then the main event was um, a mask versus mask match for Triple Main. Um, Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Mascarano Dos Mil Jr. Mm-hmm. Who was who was his second was um, his uh, Mascarano Dos Mil, not his mm-hmm. father. <laughs> not his father. <laughs> oh, you know what's great? He dropped his mask when they revealed his name. He used a, a Reyes last name. Really? Yeah, so he kept the kayfabe thing. I think what they should have done is when he took off the mask, Mascara Anyodos Mill should have looked shocked and said, What? 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 You're not, not my son? <laughs> You're not my son? At- Wait a minute, I don't have a son that age. Why, yeah. why did I think you were my son? No, first he place? has more than 20 kids, remember. He's the father of more than 20. Seriously? Mascara Anyodos Mill. You never heard of him. I never heard this. You must have kept... You, How they can't you, put this into an angle? This, this is proof that Kurt has been watching all his CMLL from Bob Barnett. Doc, um, <laughs> because I know Bob Barnett, for a fact, removes all of that dinamita stuff from the mid-90s and all that stuff. Ah. So I'm guessing you never heard him mention um, Mascarino Dos Mil was el padre de más de 20. The father of more than 20. Uh, that was his... No, no, no. I probably saw that, but uh, the problem is my Spanish is still yeah, very so, poor. Um, yeah, so he's probably got 20 more Mascarenos Mean Juniors. Very cool. Well, there should be more we'll... coming up. And... and they'll all lose to Dr. Wagner. They had a lot of... They had a, they had so many, like, in, so much interference in the match that mm-hmm. Silver Kane, Silver King, turned on Dr. Wagner mm-hmm. Jr. Shock. Yeah. He just turned baby... <laughs> he just turned technical, like, two weeks ago. So I'm having like... flashbacks of Jim Ross saying, Oh, my God, Kane turned on his own brother again. <laughs> yeah, and then they had um, they had a Dr. Wagner Jr. son get involved. I believe right. he got involved at some point. They had a bunch of different stuff going on in the match. But, I mean, it's basically, you know, get what you're going to get, so... Very cool. So that's Triple Mania. Yeah, Triple Mania, which you can't... You can't, you can't see on TV... You're going to have to wait for it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Mass Republic will release it in November. That's what they've mentioned, that they they might have it available for November. And they will compare a pair. They're going to add bonus footage. You will be able to see Kevin Kleinrock get knocked down. Oh, <laughs> oh that'd be awesome. Actually, you won't, see, you won't see Kevin Kleinrock knocked down. You will see Kevin Kleinrock's... Um, point of view of being knocked down oh that's great our buddy kevin Clark. we get to see him take a bump yes god bless you kevin do we get to hear silver king compared to um dr wagner jr as pepsi or coke (laughs) i don't don't even remember where you heard this 
Oh man, I've never. I don't remember. I don't even. I don't think I've heard that. So it was on a pay per view. I wish I didn't see. That's all I'm gonna. Was say. it? Was it that guy who works in SoCal? I don't remember who it was. Yeah. I just remember him being a little overexcited about the matches, even though there was nothing really going on. And uh, most of what he said had nothing to do with wrestling. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's hard to find guys who know about the the no, actual matches. Yeah, so. That's true. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So Triple Mania went well. Um, Zoro's back. He came back the Very following cool. yesterday. He's back. Um, they're they're still doing their they're still doing the same feuds. They usually do the same stuff for a little while, and then they get to something new. When are they going to have another casket match where uh, the casket gets thrown into a... I still love that. I still think that's probably the greatest cybernetico thing ever. Me too. 2006. I actually even remember the year it happened. I just loved that. They have to do that again. I would love it. You know what they got to do? Like for Guerra de Titanes to end like the whole um, Jeff Jarrett thing? They got to do that to Karen Angle. Oh, <laughs> or Karen Jarrett. I mean, yes. Karen Jarrett. Oh, you know, that was another thing I thought. Uh-huh. I thought maybe Kurt Angle would turn on Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Because he's Karen's ex-husband. That's true. I always thought maybe they'll turn on it, but I mean, apparently they didn't. Because she's a, she's a bruja, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought, she's a bruja. She's a witch. That's awesome. I think a that's witch. awesome. <laughs> but I mean, apparently she was really good in... Uh, that's what I've been hearing. I've been hearing... In... Um, in um, TNA, she I've was been hearing rave reviews for everything she does. Yeah, so it's like like she's a natural for the yeah. biz, you know. Okay, well that's Triple Mania. We'll be back and we'll be talking amongst other things. Uh, the women of CMLL. Wait a minute, I just sounded like I'm introducing a yeah. Playboy's friend. Yeah. No. The women of CMLL. The women of CMLL. You should say it with a creepy voice. Okay. <laughs> like the I mean, women. My voice isn't creepy. <laughs> Actually, probably is. Now nah, my voice isn't creepy. It's just plain dorky. Yeah. Uh, and we're uh, gonna remember Red Bastine, who passed away today at the age of eighty-one. We shall return. And we have returned, and we want to address one of our listeners, Mister Doug Sutton, who, when I was at the Surf Guitar One Hundred and One convention today earlier. I mentioned how a band called The Exotics were kicking ass on all the other surf bands there. Uh, And he had an aside comment under my Facebook posting. And he was asking about some of the music, the bumper music we had for the last episode of Lucha World. And he is saying it's a Nancy Sinatra cover and was wanting to know the info on it. Yeah, it's um, Sator, I think. It's a metal band. Oh, very Paul good. Sator. I've never heard of him. I downloaded the... Oh, that's illegal, guys. An illegal download. Do not do that's what right. I just did. Where no, I no, no, no. Did. I did this years ago when I didn't know anything No, 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 better. no. I saw you download it. You did it legally. You put a quarter into the computer. Yes. There was a slot. Oh, well. It was like this. It was somebody up, um, posted on a, a music website that I'm that I'm a, a, a member of. Mm-hmm. And they it was a cover songs of... and. All the cover songs are like all these old songs done by metal mm-hmm. bands. And one of them was Sator. And there's actually a one by Typo Negative. There's a bunch of good stuff. But it's like over... When I downloaded it and I put, put it into my iTunes, there was like 300 songs. So it's like, <laughs> oh, God. And like over the 300 songs, I only kept like 50 of them. Your, so. your computer was suddenly yeah, my, with and, metal and people, covers. Yes, and people wonder why I get the blue screen of death every yeah. once in a while. <laughs> 
Well, one of the things that uh, I remember being surprised a few years ago that you... Uh, All the porn on my computer. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, it's the type of porn that you have on your computer which surprised me. It was classy. Me. It was classy It was porn. classy. It was old school. It yes, was K. Yes, Parker. It was, it was very, Sika. Yes, it was it very was classy. Annie Sprinkle. Um, no, what I remember what surprised me is every now and then we have a common interest that I'm always shocked in that we are both admirers of the duo of... Uh, Nancy Sinatra and the late Lee Hazelwood. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard... Actually, there was a comedian that recommended a song of theirs. Some Velvet Some Morning. Velvet Morning. And then... So I started searching and I ended up liking like the whole album. So then I downloaded the album. Mm-hmm. Legally. Legally. He put a dollar in <laughs> Legally. I actually paid a dollar. He cranked the handle. And, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I... I really enjoyed the album and stuff. So that they were really they good. Were really There's another song of theirs I like. Um, oh, what was it called? I'll add it on the. Oh, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's strawberries, cherries in an, and an angel's kiss in spring. You will oh, never summer wine, yeah. summer wine. You will never hear me singing on this podcast, and you shouldn't hear me singing yeah. on this podcast. But Kurt, Kurt doesn't mind singing on every single podcast. It won't happen. Well, it will happen again, but not for a long time, so rest assured. So anyway, Doug Sutton, that is the answer uh, to your question. Uh, and before we get into the CAMLL women, I just want to mention that on August 26th in L.A., there is going to be a Lucha Libre reunion show of sorts. It'll be an old-timer show where uh, a lot of the wrestlers from... Uh, Los Angeles past, uh, the veterans like uh, Falcon de Oro and uh, Al Marietta are going to be gathering, and some of them are going to be wrestling on the show. Gory Chavez is going to be there? Gory Chavez will be there, yes. Oh, cool. Uh, well, uh, I have not seen in almost 20 years. It'll be great to see him again. Uh, Peloto Suicida, Superboy, and Capitan Oro. It's going to be held at Mr. Las- Pepto? Mr. Pepto. We must put in a request. I will phone the office up and see if Mr. <laughs> it's still around. <laughs> Remember, not Super Pepto. You know who I want to know is going to be there, and we need to get a picture of him with the mask. Is White Pork? White Pork. Okay. We have to get a pic of White Pork. We, I mean, we went to so many shows at Arena Paraguay, and we never even we thought never about took it. pictures. And of all the people whose picture should be up on Facebook and every web page is White Pork. I swear to God, ladies and gentlemen, you if have... If anybody nightmares. has a picture of white pork, send it to us. Send it. Yes. And not white pork the food. We're talking about white pork the wrestler. The wrestler. The luchador. He, he looks like something you would see in a black and white surreal film from... He actually... The mask actually is a pig. A pig. It's and awesome. it's creepy. It it's is awesome. awesome. It is disturbing. It is beautiful. Um, so that'll be August 26th. And on the next edition of Lucha World, we will give you further info, you know, time... Uh, cost, all that stuff, but it should be cost. It's not free. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it actually is. For try the to answer. go in the back door yeah. if you want, but you'll have to. You have to deal with like 30, 40 or fifty angry luchadors. That's right. You know what we should do? We should actually run an, an indie show, copy what they did in um, in Mexico. Ami- um, it's amigo de siempre. Fifty forever friends. Forever friends. And it was 50 wrestlers in the, in the ring, like doing like a... But people couldn't figure out if it was 50 wrestlers or 50-year-olds. Year oh. <laughs> but I, I kind of mentioned... I like that. I said it's both. There's 50-year-olds and there's 50 wrestlers. That's in. awesome. I like that. That concept. actually wouldn't be bad. That might be cool. We that should actually be cool. start running lucha shows. We should. Yeah. 
with, with the money that we have. That with the money that we have, and and there's because so, because running wrestling is such a profitable and business. It's so easy. That's the best part. It's so easy. <laughs> yes, we we can deal with all these egos. Yes, yes. I can only imagine us running a a, a, a lucha show where it's like, not, not even us, not even we would know when the show would be scheduled. Totally. Well, I think the way to deal with or us getting guys lost, getting to the building. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Well, I think the way to control the egos is uh, before they enter the dressing room, they must be sedated. Yeah, yeah. They have to take a Xanax and have to be injected with some powerful uh, hallucinatory medicine. We'll play good cop, bad cop. You'll be like the good cop, and I'll just be like the really screaming. That's right. I'll be the one. I'll be the one like yelling and telling guys what's wrong with them. And yeah, I'll be the one. I'll be the one giving them hugs when they come yeah. to the building. You'll be the one shaking your finger. Yeah, like, you're late. Them. You're late. I like that. <laughs> you know, it'd be great if you had like a rules type of thing where like no mustache, no 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 facial hair, <laughs> like no U- no long hair, like UPS. <laughs> yeah, or like, like some sort of thing like that. Oh, well, CMLL, we were going to talk about the women. About the women, yes. Uh, well, basically, the reason we were going to talk about it is because um, last week, um, CMLL main evented uh, with a women's hair match, which is kind of a rarity. It's Marcella versus Tiffany, Tiffany, right? yeah. And I think, what, a month ago or two months ago was the cage match, which was another main event match with all the women. It's like, how often, do you remember how often the women would main event a show? Um, I it was rare, I believe. I don't think they've. I don't think they. Did. I don't think they did that much. No, they were. They are always kind of like. How many women's matches did we see in the nineties? I mean, in CMLL, maybe mm-hmm. one. <laughs> Lady <laughs> Apache versus I, or Akira Hokuto. Although it's interesting, right? Is that the only women's match? And, and the Moreno's, the Moreno's versus some Japanese tag team. Because Akira Hokuto, I mean, she was so over in yeah. Mexico. I mean, they they thought she was like the yeah. end all of uh, women's wrestling. I mean, she was very good. Yeah. Well. It's interesting, though, you know, the project we've been working on when we've been looking through the old Lucha Libre mags and the old boxy luchas, I notice when you look at the ones from the mid-1960s, there were quite a few uh, hair-versus-hair women's matches. Oh, really? It seems like, for some reason, the 1960s, they were used a lot. Because I think that was like one of the, like, remember, you saw Memphis Heat, right? The Memphis? Yes. How they were talking about how midgets and women were always like a, an attraction. Yes, I think that probably was what Must was going be. on in Mexico. I remember the one. I, I, the one that comes to mind right away is Chabela Romero. Yeah, it's not. It's all over the place. Yeah, it's not like us nowadays where we're ingrained with the whole idea of women's wrestling being like the divas. Yes, or you know having their own promotion. Very true. Like blow. <laughs> <laughs> the up and coming. The, the new. The up new and coming. No. Uh, the, the new women's promotion, which I'm sure a lot of women in uh, Mexico are probably going to try to get booked in. <laughs> oh, you know. I want to get booked in blow. Jessica Blake, who works for AAA, mm-hmm. she's on Twitter and she writes. She writes this new promotion in blow. Does this mean if you're if you're does this mean if you're if you lose a match you're a blow jobber? <laughs> I started laughing. I like that. I, th- I don't know if I retweeted that. I like something. that a lot, actually. Yeah. That should be used in one of their yeah. advertisements, yeah. you know. Um. There's so many, There's so much negative. <laughs> but I'm um, getting back to the Marcel Tiffany match. I mean, watching it on Terra.com, they're air- they are airing online. It's every Sunday, they're airing the full shows online on Terra.com. For those of you that are interested in watching it or haven't really been visiting the Lucha World Facebook page or following me on Twitter or visiting the website or doing any of that stuff and just listen to the podcast, they're airing it on Terra.com. <laughs> I always <laughs> remind people, I include the video stream on there. 
But the good, that's the good news. The bad news is sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, I remember yes. you voicing your anger on Twitter, on yeah. Twitter, on Facebook last week. Yeah, so it's like, it's 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 a fun thing to do, but like lately it's just not working. The frustration. Yeah, the frustration of just spending your time mm-hmm. on your Sunday afternoon, depending on where you're at. If it's Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, some people are probably watching like Breaking Bad or something else at that time. Highly recommended. Which or maybe you're watching some show like The Glades or, <laughs> or let's let's start lowering our star level. <laughs> uh, or maybe you're like, man, you don't have um, AMC right now because Dish Network and them are feuding and oh, totally yes. shitting on each other. Which, by the way, there's a what's the ad for that? I was gonna show you the ad for that. I'll show it for you, to you later. Yes. Um, anyway. Um, they air the they aired the hair match. They air, they're airing the full show now. At first, they were only airing the first three matches of mm-hmm. the show, but then they decided to air the full mat the full show. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, some of the matches aren't really that good because you know you can't you can't really expect it to be always that good. Yeah, and it's everybody's booked all over the place. Well, and they're booking every Sunday. yeah. They they have Sunday in Mexico. They have mm-hmm. a they, in Mexico City. They have a show in Guadalajara. They have another show elsewhere. So it's like it's they're they're just. They're, they're over, you know, it, it's, it, everybody's all over the place. So, um, they had, the main event was Marcelo versus Tiffany. The match was, eh, you know, when, yeah. you, you know, you're what watching you it. Yeah, you're watching it live and, you know, really, you could tell Marcelo, w- Tiffany isn't that great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's people are going to listen to it and are going to say that she was really good. And, you know, everybody has an opinion. Um, Marcelo looked ner- nervous. Really? She looked nervous. She's main eventing. Well, I, I, I've seen Tiffany enough to say, I mean, I don't think she sucks, but definitely Marcella has to do the she's, heavy work in this match, she, no she, doubt. She's got her SEMA. I don't mm-hmm. think you've seen SEMA, have you? No. Oh, yeah, you did see him in PWG. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, he sat next yes. to us that one show. Um, SEMA from Dragon Gate. She basically does his his, his offense from, mm-hmm. like, 1999 <laughs> or 2000 or, or 1999. For an old guy like me, I can appreciate Yeah, so you could, you'd be like, oh, Seema, yeah. Yeah. Because you probably haven't seen Dragon Gate in a while. Not in a long time. And a lot of us haven't because of uh, the whole Japanese. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any even PWG in over five years or so. Since that show we went to, probably. Yes. No, you saw him three years ago at um, Wrestle Reunion. Rob Van Dam. The whole fucking show. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, you're right. I stand corrected. Yeah. I stand corrected. Um, yeah, but she looked nervous. The, at the the end of it, it looked really sloppy. Oh, that's finish. too bad. So they're re-airing it on um, it on Channel 52 and um, certain cable stations. Oh, very cool. So Cubs fan fortunately gets that show. So the Cubs fan will have that on, on his YouTube page if you want to watch it. If you I don't would like to see it, still. basically, if you don't, and this this Sunday, I recommend it. If you don't want to watch the full show, you don't have to. You can mm-hmm. wait to watch it on YouTube. But the main event is La Sombra versus Averno. No way. Yes, I do. That is, see that. and the car, and the there's a the the third. If it airs the whole show, I'm hoping the whole show airs. But the lightning match is going to be Stuka Junior versus Namahagwe. Oh no way! Do you know you've seen Namahagwe? I have not, but I love Stuka Junior. Yeah, the Japanese guy who's like. Got carpet on his head. <laughs> it looks like great carpet on his oh, head. Oh, okay. There's reason for me to turn on the television. He is awesome. Okay, he, I he's this rookie this. guy. He's this rookie guy out of New Japan. And Stuka Jr. I think is one of the most underutilized guys. Yeah, they, in he, Stuka Jr. makes a great third guy, like in a, a like a really cool trio. Yeah, he's a good mid card guy. I mean, yes, I think that's. Yes. I think his role yeah, is like upper mid. He's not. He's not. He's not somebody who's going to yeah. push the stars. But I really enjoy him. Yeah. I, so um yeah so, Marcella Tiffany they were. But I mean, you, and, you, and the women in CML, despite the fact that it seems like every time I turn on Galavision, 
I, I always happen to turn on a six-man or a six-woman tag match, and I, I think they show the women too frequently. Yeah. See, I'm. Not, I do like. You know that I said that that I said that one time, mm-hmm. and somebody disagreed with me. Really? You're like the second person who said it, so I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. the only one. And I'm a fan of them. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think they're every one of them is a strong worker, um, yeah. but I do enjoy watching them. But it seems like every time I turn on the TV, yeah, it's not this. It's on like this they're week. not putting focus on yeah. a lot of the other wrestlers. And you know that's that's mistake. that's the other thing. Like that's your weakest matchup. The women tend to be mm-hmm. like the trios matches because depending on the who they the combination they put in, it could be really bad. Yeah, because the combination basically, if it doesn't have, a, if it has Amapola, yes, Marcella, uh, Princesa Blanca, Princesa Blanca, yeah. Princesa Suhey, uh, Sarah Stock as Dark Angel, yes. I mean, you could, if you put in a couple Lady of weak, Apache, yeah, if you put in a couple of weak workers, but you have strong workers like like if uh, you Princesa have Princesa Blanca or uh, Lady Apache, yeah. it, it looks but if, good. But right? if you have Estrellita, Tiffany, Luna Magica. <laughs> exactly. That's, exactly. That's like, I, I gotta say, I, I, I love Goya Kong, but Goya if Kong. she's the one who has to carry the match, it's you know, yeah, you know, it's gonna it's, be yeah. what it is. So that's that's really the problem. And you know, the, the funny thing, like watching a lot of lucha lately, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good women now in uh, Mexico. Like yeah. I don't, I don't remember there being that many good women in Mexico. You have the AAA girls with thumbs. I mean, Sexy Star's not a great worker, but she's she does a great job with her gimmick. Yes. So she's all right. Um, the Apaches, and she's always in there with the Apache sisters, so you know it's going to be good. Who are, when I think about it, you know, Grand Apache, you know, he's cool, but the Apache women are one of my favorite wrestling families, to be yeah. honest. I and then really you, have, like um, you have Lolita, who was trained by Grand Apache. Mm-hmm. You have, um, they have a girl named Sexy Lady, who's really good, too. Um, Lou Dark Shaitan, or something like that, and she's an independent. Mm-hmm. She's pretty good, too. So there's actually a bunch of women more nowadays that, whereas in the past it was always like, it was like the Apache sisters. Let's watch the <laughs> Apache sisters and Amapola and Marcella. Right. There's a little bit more of a selection. Yeah, so. Well, very good. You're like, let's skip the women now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just talking about, to touch base we're on We're talking and, about women's and wrestling. And as we watch more of it, actually, I would. Well, you know, the thing is that I think with um, CML, they're the whole bringing in the Japanese women, it's kind of. Added a little bit more variety. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's different than I remember when uh, the Japanese women like Minami, Toyota, and um, Aja Kong in the early 90s came to Mexico. It It's almost like it didn't fit. It's like the the women in yeah, Mexico weren't couldn't quite keep up. Yeah, because you had Martha Villalobos in there. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was a, real, it, it was a really obvious style clash. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, where today, I think I think the quality of the women wrestlers is more consistent. Yeah. Um, but you know, actually, actually, I you know I do look forward to seeing more of them. I I, I just don't want to be every damn Saturday when I turn on my TV. Yeah. But well, then, um, then you also have to remember there's like ten CMLL shows. Yeah. So that one show you're watching might have the women, but there's like ten other ones, that's, <laughs> nine other ones that don't have you it. No, so. to to see all the wrestlers in CMLL. And all the TV shows, you have to have it down to an art. It's, yeah, it's like that's why I keep to, telling you they should have, actually have links yeah. to it on their website. They should. They yeah. really should. They should, yeah, they should have somebody. But, I mean, poor guy is going to waste his time doing all that they, stuff. So like, well, they, they need to hire a really yeah, good TV producer yeah. to really just manage link, the shows. Link it, everything. They're all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's, it's chaos, I tell you. It's, it's anarchy. It's chaos. Yes. Not the wrestler. Chaos. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I was really di- I was really sad when I heard a while back about the 
luchador supremo passing away because I so much wanted to have the Mexican supremo and the Mexican <laughs> chaos yeah. wrestle Joey Chaos and Supreme. Oh, that would have been my dream indie match yeah. to promote here in Southern California. So That would have been great. Yeah. Um, well, uh, speaking of passing away, uh, you know, as we mentioned twice on the show earlier, that um, Red Bastine passed away, and um, if you're people who have been following wrestling for years and years... If you're like a kid, you're probably like, who? Yeah, exactly. Or, <laughs> so, or some people, I'm sure, are saying, what does Red Bastine have to do with Lucha Libre, and... If you're if you're asking yourself that you haven't heard the slime and stand where we talked about the win prom- promotion the win promotion yeah win was a short lived wrestling promotion uh, but something that's remembered very fondly one it did have TV for a while for uh, about a year for about that. a good year yeah it was uh, promoted in Southern California and for a while in Texas. I think. Yes, they, San Antonio, I think. Yeah, they did some TV tapings there. Yeah, that, that's where they had the other El Tejano. You didn't, never no, saw I didn't there know was that. a Tejano from there was a Tejano in Texas that worked um Southwest also. Oh okay. they had the other Tejano. I just remember Tejano's on the show and it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> That's guy? Not <laughs> That's not Tejano. This guy is like what this guy has no muscles. He doesn't have like a broad <laughs> chest or anything. Because it was like a like a like one of you know, regular bodies like yeah, exactly. thinner arms and stuff, and it's like that's not Tano. Come on, and and uh, and I bet because I, I was excited because I thought maybe they're gonna bring in the the death missionaries. Yeah, you know, death missionaries at that time were like the hot thing, and like in Texas, I mean, I remember oh, like w- awesome. wanting to watch them in El Paso and stuff like that. <laughs> oh man, this is like that was like that was like the road warriors for me. Like, <laughs> well, I remember very, I remember vividly when when first came about in 1989 because. Uh, you know, I was in touch frequently with Billy Anderson, who was who you know uh, wrestled as the mercen- as the mercenaries, and he was very close to Red Bastine. Uh, even though he had been wrestling quite a weird, quite a few years, Red was sort of a mentor to Billy Anderson. And when Red uh, started the win promotion, I remember Billy just saying, "Hey, Red, Red Bastine's starting a lucha promotion," and I was like, "Wow, like." You thought I read Bastine? Yeah, Red Bastine. <laughs> uh, you know, See, only, he, he was a star in the like the fifties and sixties, wasn't he? The sixties and seventies. He started out. He wrestled with a guy named uh, Lou Klein. They were a tag team, and uh, but he really came into his own as a Red Bastine. I, th- I think in AWA. I know Northern California. Uh, he was a pretty big deal. Uh, I read a lot about him in the magazines when I was a kid, and one I thought he was the coolest looking guy with that handlebar mustache, and yeah, uh, just his the photos of him he looked like really charismatic. Uh, but one of the things he things he was really famous for was he was a smaller wrestler who really got over well, and while I never got to see him in his heyday, apparently he did a lot of uh, really cool flying moves that American wrestlers in general didn't do. Uh, in fact, on uh, the Wrestling Observer website today, uh, Meltzer said that he did a version of a flying head scissors that has never been duplicated. Wow! And I, you know, it's kind of funny when you watch old wrestling. Mm-hmm. You see how many moves now guys nowadays don't do. And like, I think it's, they it's would amazing. Get over like still. with lucha, you see a bunch of stuff that the, nobody uses. They go with the back cracker, front cracker. Yes. You know Jericho's spot. Yes. And, Stuff like that, or like the Hurricanrana. It's like the basic stuff that they're 
they don't do anything different. Like it's all everybody does almost the same thing. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And I and I think that variety, especially some of those old school moves that they say are outdated, I think would really get over. Like the think, the, the biting of the foot. Totally. <laughs> that would get over more than anything. Well, Blue Panther does that. So I love it. I yes. think Casas does that. All the older guys and, do And it. remember how I was doing that as a tribute to Cavernario Galindo, yeah. who was, uh, best to my knowledge, was the first in Mexico to do it. I didn't realize Bull Curry also did it. Oh, wow, really? When I posted the photo that Andy Durazo took of me biting Hellkid's foot, uh... Tom Hankins posted, oh my god, the Bull Curry move, so... Oh, wow. That, I guess that was a pretty classic well, like move. You were doing the spit spot with um, Craze. Yes. Um, oh, I should mention this. Kurt that, Kurt wrestled as um, Vandal Drummond on MPW. Yes. He's part of the Architects of Anarchy, and um, he spits in... You spit in the air? Or no, Kurt, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Craze spits in Kray the air. spits in the air, and Kurt catches it. In my mouth. And I thought it was a peste negra. Yes, he catches it in his mouth, which was very disgusting. And I thought it was a tribute to, like, La Peste Negra. But apparently, Kurt saw it from... Uh, I never actually saw it myself, but my dear friend Ed Moretti, he used to do the craze spot. Moondog Moretti. Yeah, Moondog Moretti used to do the uh, craze spot where he'd spit in the air and... Catch it. Catch it. And he was teaming with a guy named Terry Adonis, who was a journeyman back in the 70s and 80s, and... He said, uh, that was our gross hot spot. I'd spit and Terry Adonis would catch it. So I did that as a tribute to my dear friend, Dog Moretti. Um, but now you need as a midget dressed as a parrot to follow you guys. <laughs> which would be awesome with Craze. With you guys. It actually would work with and you I guys. Craze would love it. I, Craze would be into it, too. I could oh see my God. it. He would, he would love Kurt, it. Kurt, we do know a midget. We'll have to discuss it afterwards. Okay, we'll talk about it. We actually might actually be able to do this. So, Dress him <laughs> as a parrot. Have you guys come out to like some cumbia music? Or, oh, like, that would be awesome. Do your dance and everything. Come out to Rafaga or something like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, that was a, a, tri- a tribute. Yeah. Uh, well, Getting back to Red so Bastine. Bastine. So Red Bastine, he was considered a pretty innovative wrestler on the American end. Uh, and he was quite a proponent of... Uh, Lucha Libre, which I I assume was why he uh, thought of the win promotion. (laughs) Which I I assume pretty much meant why he was never he wasn't with NWA or WWF. Uh, Probably uh, as a a manager and you know in an office role. I know he was a road agent for a while. For a while, Uh, in fact, he probably he probably kept suggesting, "Why don't you guys use some of these Mexicans and and do some high flying?" Red, we're not going to do any yeah. of that jumping bean. They're Mexican. not, yeah, those jumping, they're, they're like a they we need Dan Farron. jumping we need, beans. We need to insert Dan Farron yeah. into this. It's funny because every now and then I'll hear a, an American wrestler talk about how, yeah, those Mexicans jump all over the place. Hey, they try it with me. I, I just shoot on them. And, and nowadays you still hear that? Wow. Well, well you do kind of. No, no, I hear it from older wrestlers, yeah, but I don't buy it because, I, as I think we know, the the old the old uh, urban myth is that the Mexicans don't know how to shoot. Yeah, I think if you know them, that's they not actually true. do know. I, I've heard people claim that they've backed down Mil Moscaris by shooting on him, and I've known people who don't like Mil Moscaris and will say, "Nah, nah, Mil Moscaris is not a pussy. He can drive you crazy with his ego, yeah, but he will fight back if you." Yeah, I mean, there's so many. There's so many like. And super, he's a judo super champion. Porky and all those guys. Yeah. Super Porky, yeah. Lo- oh, I've lo- been told never lovable, with- lovable fat guy, but hey, he'll kick your ass exactly. if you bug him. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Red Bastine started uh, this win promotion in uh, 1989. And an interesting side note is I think he was still a road agent for WWF at the time. Oh, really? So he was still the doing The local it. Southern California one. 
I, I don't know if I'm mixing this up with a show he promoted previously, but he was kind of trying to do it under the radar, not <laughs> WWF to know. And I he wasn't found out. Uh, wow, that's pretty amazing because, I mean, well, not yeah. that amazing. Back then, back then the, there wasn't a lot of, like, even if, even if you had TV, yeah. there really wasn't. You'd have to know more news or less. News didn't travel as fast. Yeah. There wasn't internet. Yeah. Uh, there were the newsletters, but even then... They might skip a few things. Yeah, they might skip something like that. But uh, I remember going to the first Win TV tapings just kind of saying, okay, this will be amusing. Uh, What it ended up being was a whole day's worth of of, uh, TV tapings, lucha matches, using mostly Tijuana guys and some, you know, notables like Pirata Morgan, the Guerrero Brothers... um, Ultraman Dos Mill, yeah. who, you know, uh, bef- before he uh, dumped the gimmick. And, uh, well, Blue Demon Jr. Mr. Pepto. No, Mr. Pepto. Mr. Pepto was after, wasn't he? he oh, came was he on like... those? Mr. Pepto was oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. I stand corrected. I stand How can corrected. you not know Mr. Pepto? I know who Mr. Pepto that, is. That I just was... don't remember him being on that. That should be your new gimmick, Mr. Pepto. Except you should actually be like, you should throw up like in the It'll ring. Be, that'll be our next incredibly strange gimmick. Yes, Mr. Pepto. So, I, I, son of Pepto. Son of Pepto. Son of, yes. son, son of Pepto would be awesome. Pepto. That would be awesome. So, uh, yeah, anyway, this was at the old San Bernardino Arena, which was one of the most enjoyable places to see professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was an old building from the 1930s built specifically for wrestling and boxing. There, oh, wow. Uh I think the arena, arena had been redone by that time, but before that, the ring was actually built into the arena, and the uh, the seats were all stadium seats uh, built into the floor. It seated maybe fifteen hundred people. Very archaic arena. It was there's a lot of ambience to this place, yeah. and I think we went to two of the TV tapings, and it was like a an all-day party. They started early in the afternoon and it went into maybe around 7 or 8 in the evening. And, uh, oh, man, I remember going... That with, pretty much filled up at least, like, what, two months of... Oh, yeah, easily, weeks. easily. And, More uh, than two months. Well, uh, young Bobby Bradley when he was a, a, yeah, I remember him. a rookie. Uh, Bayoa Don. Uh, Tim Talltree. Tim Talltree, yes. Uh, you know, our friends, the mercenaries, including Ricky Ataki. Yeah. As one of the mercenaries. Oh, really? He was on the win tapings? On one of those tapings, wow. he was one of the mercenaries. Oh, really? I, I think he teamed with Spicoli. Oh. Uh, I, I'll never forget, that was when uh, Billy Anderson, uh, I saw him in the stands in his mercenary outfit with his mask, you know, holding his infant son on. Oh, I wish I had a picture of that. It was yeah. really... That would have been cutest, awesome. Like... Yeah, it was the cutest thing, seeing this guy in this mercenary mask cuddling a little baby. Um... <laughs> Uh, Chacal Rivera was... Nobody okay. said, look, the mercenary's kidnapping the baby. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> would have been, been a awesome. great gimmick. Yeah. But, no, these were like all-day parties. I remember, uh, uh, you know, and, and Red was, uh, you know, Red was hands-on. He was taking, you know, part in the production. He was making sure this thing was uh, moving along. He, he, he wasn't just, like, in name only doing this. The funniest moment, and I, I know we talked about this coincidentally on the latest Slam and Stan. The Superboy one, right? Oh, no, this is the No, old this one. is, oh, God, this was hysterical. Uh, there was a match involving the mercenaries, and the mercenaries was, were being managed by a guy named Harry Hell, who was a local boy in the 80s. And it was, 
He's on those um, Long Beach, isn't he the one that's in? Yes, yeah. yes, he's on one of those yeah. Long Beach tapings. <laughs> oh, God, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I worked with him on yeah. one of those. Uh, but the finish of the match was supposed to be uh, the baby faces are doing their comeback, and Harry Hell comes up and, you know, grabs their feet as they're coming off the ropes. Well, unfortunately for Harry Hell, uh, two people from the audience... A woman with a, a sports bottle, like a bit, you know, big plastic sports bottle, and a guy dressed up as Freddy Krueger, <laughs> a guy wearing a Freddy Krueger mask and plastic Freddy Krueger hands. They grabbed Harry and prevented him from grabbing the guy's <laughs> feet. And Harry the whole time is screaming, "You son of bitches! Let me go! Let me go!" And the mercenaries just look down and like. Just ignore him. <laughs> and the lady is hitting Harry over the head with the, with the sports bottle. Geez. And I thought, oh boy, they're not going to be the, in the arena long. Uh, so the mercenaries just improvised a finish. I mm. can't remember what it was, but they just went over clean. <laughs> and afterwards, you see Red Bastine uh, right by the, the lady and the man who did the interference. They're sitting down and He's lecturing them on etiquette at the wrestling match. Oh, fest. really? And wow. the whole time, you could see he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> but he's just saying, no, no, you can cheer, you can boo, but no, don't you do not the... touch the wrestlers. And I know there was something very sweet about that moment. Like, there are so many guys from Red Bastine's uh, era where they would have just they kicked, them, kicked out. them out. And if they'd gotten away, we would have had them slap the fan around. Yeah. That stuff was done a lot. But it was very, very, actually really sweet to see him, like, you could tell well, see, how amused he was about it. You can't really slap around Freddy Krueger, though. No, you can't, because yeah, so if you go to sleep and you're not, he and will kill you. Kill you. Yeah. Yes, yes, you don't so, want to You don't want to. I think Red Bastien kind of figured, you know what, I'm going to be nice to this guy. He saw the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, yeah. and he knew He's a big fan, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things is, that's where I re- met Red Bastien, he... He's actually really friendly with us because that's when we were doing the Viva La Lucha newsletter. It was uh, uh, Greg Regalado, Steve Gerber, uh, Pat Howard, uh, uh Fizzy. We, we all had a part in it. And I actually remember him actually writing us letters saying, yeah, come on down to the San Bernardino oh, Reno, wow. get you guys in. And um, This was back when people had to send you letters to invite you. To exactly. Them. No emails back then. <laughs> it uh, took like two weeks to get there. He was, but. but he was always so cordial, always very inviting to us. Uh, you know, and on the flip side, there's the famous story of him uh, trying to pay wrestlers with a bounce check, yeah. of course. Well, it was one of the reasons why uh, the win promotion didn't stay around that long. Um he was very good at booking the shows, the matches, but as far as running the whole promotion... Sounds like every other promoter that gets true. into wrestling. It's funny because I, I was still just getting familiar with the workings of the business. Uh, and I remember talking to Jeff Walton saying, yeah, it looks like Wynn's not going to be working out. It looks like... I said, you know, Red Bastine seems to know wrestling. I'm surprised. And Jeff Walton says... You know, well, just because somebody's a really good worker in the ring doesn't mean they understand how to run a business. There's yeah. a whole a whole different art to yeah. that. Uh, you know, but um, you know, Bastine was just really a, he did a lot of really neat things for a lot of the uh, wrestlers, uh, the older wrestlers. When he was involved in Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, wrestlers who were down and out, he really tried to uh, 
you know, help out. Oh, wow. Uh, I know when Johnny Valentine was very sick, uh, you know, Bastine really reached out and tried to help him. Oh, that's cool. You know, so, you know, he, there was that, you know, kind of carny side of him. Like I said, paying the wrestlers on the bounce checks, but to be honest. That was an accident, though. Come on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah he made them out to people like yeah, Superboy yeah. and to Conan. Yeah, you know, I'm just being right. honest. Conan was I'm on just being honest, too. and to be and to be honest, so many wrestlers did stuff like that, and he's he's he's. It's almost, I guess, it's almost unfair to point that out because there was a lot more really wonderful things he did for people, um, and that's best pointed out with his involvement in Cauliflower Alley. Uh, yeah, I remember. The last time I had really talked with him was uh, at one of the cauliflower alleys where uh, it was shortly after uh, the Crusher's wife had passed away. And, uh, you know, I'd never known the Crusher or anything, but he was saying, yeah, we were, we're trying to talk to him and, you know, call him on the phone and get him to do stuff. But, you know, he all he wants to do is kind of go visit his wife's grave and just stay there and, you know... You could tell he really cared, cared about, about the wrestlers and yeah. really didn't want to see their life after wrestling to be sad. You know, I actually thought, I actually thought it was very sweet that somebody like the Crusher, I know, that's would want to spend yeah would go to his wife's yeah. grave. I mean, you know, I, I thought that was very moving, but I could understand where you always expect the Crusher to go to the bar and drink Yeah, exactly. Beers. You know, there's a, yeah, yeah. Go to the bar, drink some beers, hang out with the boys. Exactly. You hear all these stories of wrestlers just kind of like, uh, you know, running around with their wives yeah. and just kind of... Wearing like short, like those white Peter shirts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Up guys. Trying to ditch... Uh, Getting uh, into fights, barroom fights. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Multiple divorces. Yeah. And I, I thought that was really, you know, thought that was really sweet. But yeah, Bastine was a guy who really, really um, had genuine concern for his, you know, compadres... And, uh, you know, he, uh, the last time I actually saw him was at Cauliflower Alley. I think it was 2008, if I remember correctly. And while his Alzheimer's was definitely not advanced, I could tell something was wrong because, he, you know, when I said hello to him, he's like, oh, how you doing? Yeah. He was cordial, but I could tell he couldn't remember who I was. Mm -hmm. And... There were times before where he'd forget my name, but he knew I was the Lucha guy from California. Mm -hmm. And um, then Carl Auer had mentioned, yeah, he's in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. Oh, so it was, it was um, you know, you know, sad to see him go, but man, 81 years is a pretty good run. Yeah, it's a pretty good run for a wrestler. For a wrestler, yeah. That's, and, these guys don't last that long. And one thing he had in wrestling that a lot of wrestlers don't have is that guy had a lot of friends. Oh, uh, there's somebody, you know, a lot of people loved him, and uh, um, shame to see him go, but man, uh, sounds like he had a pretty full life, and uh, um, just want to give a salute to Red Bastine, and the wind tapings. Or, <laughs> the wind promotion. Yeah, I go back to the wind promotion. You yeah. know, that, it, it, was, it was just a quick shooting scuff. What I say, a shooting star that just kind of went away really quickly. Did you get Pirata Morgan's autograph at the tapings? I didn't <laughs> because he was in no condition to give autographs. You're like, <laughs> but you're like Pirata autograph, and he went. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> he shows you his man, but man, but man, he wrestled like you would never guess that yeah, he was yeah. inebriated because he wrestled just yeah. just beautifully. Who told you he was inebriated, Conan? 
<laughs> Somebody did. Somebody did. And there were several That's... witnesses. There there was more than one witness, let's oh, okay. just put it that way. But when he's in the ring, you wouldn't have guessed it. You would not have guessed it. Um, but, well, one of the other sentimental uh, memories is it was at the first wind taping where uh, I met uh, Dan Farron, Mary Lou Farron, mm-hmm. Danny Wolf, Johnny Legend... Um, the Incredibly Strange Wrestling Yeah, the whole Incredibly Strange Wrestling crew, uh, Greg Regalado, the Hanna Brothers, a ton of people that, you know, uh, many of who I'm still dear friends with today. So so thank you, Red Except Destiny. for Dan Barron. <laughs> That's right, he's my, he's my rival. He's, he's, he's your my rival. Enemy. He, That's right. He's the man that doesn't let you take over MPW. That's right, but I will take over yes. MPW. <laughs> because I am... I am... You're Vandal Drummond. I am, I'm Vandal Drummond. That's what I'm going to say. You know, somebody, somebody asked, somebody was like, I, don't, I didn't realize Bandle Drummond and Kurt Brown were the same person. <laughs> and I responded, well, sometimes we don't know if that's the same person. <laughs> I have a lot of different yes. personalities different inside my head. Yes. I have multiple delusions in my head, and Danny Wolf pointed out to me that delusions is not a noun. It, it's an adjective, but I've turned it into a noun. I have delusions, and many of them. I am a delusion. Yes. Multiple delusions. Anything else we want to talk about? Wrestling, real, lucha related? No, any any lucha things before we close the show? Um, let me check. Nope. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're really... I mean, I, all I'm saying, watch tomorrow's show with... Um, Sombra versus Averno, and if you don't want to watch it there, just watch it on YouTube. We will watch it, and we will discuss that match on the next show. Actually, because... we won't. We won't be watching it. We're going to skip it. Okay. We're purposely going to skip it. No. So let's just review all the women's matches. Over let's and over just again. start. Let's just start talking about women's wrestling. <laughs> You're not going to threaten me with watching Ice Ribbon. Ice Ribbon. Now that's something we are going to have to do. No, we have talked you've talked about this. You've been saying this. We will review an ice ribbon show soon. I know people don't like us to review ice ribbon, but we're. It's not that. It's not that. that. You've been saying that for the last year, and we haven't. We've been saying it for the last year, yes. And why haven't we reviewed it? Because I don't really. Because it's been. Because I only brought it up because of that one match with the mixed tag match with the old guy, the little kid, awesome, and the girl, and it's like everybody assumes I'm like into ice ribbon. I'm well, well, well the, my biggest surprise is everybody thought it was so weird that we found it amusing. They they acted like... I just thought it was weird that the same day, the same weekend I brought it up and like you guys were making fun of it. Like, why why am, why am I talking about it? We go to the... We go to the, go see Superboy we and went, they're talking about it's that. Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural. And it talking. just happened that Supernatural. So have you seen that ice ribbon stuff? Yeah. They're violating child labor laws. Yeah, and it's like... In this country, maybe, but not in Japan, yeah. they aren't. Probably. That was the other thing I was going to talk about. Um, wasn't there like a kid or something that was wrestling recently? It was I, like a story. Oh, that Ryan kid. We didn't talk about that Ryan kid. We did not. We, we were going to talk about it in Slam and right Stan. Right before Slam and Stan, we were going to uh, talk about it. We talk never about did. Ryan kid. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess we'll you be being a, You being a wrestler, would you have done that? Would you have beaten him up? No, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I would not have done that. What would you have done for respect? Just taking him aside and told him not to do it? Well, I think the way Adam Pierce addressed it, if you're going to stretch the person, if you're going to smack him around the ring, let him know. Tell them know why you did it. Yeah. Don't just be a dick and walk away. Um, yeah, this was the indie show in Iowa. Yeah. Where uh, it was Tony Kazina and who were the other wrestlers? Davey Richards and Kyle O'Reilly. 
Yeah, I guess uh, they had disagreements with the promoter, and they thought <clears throat> the wrestler Ryan Kidd um, was disrespecting them or something by something he tweeted. Yeah, like a video and stuff that he was posting. And um, so they decided to stretch him in the ring and then just left. I mean... Yeah, it was two different things, though. It was yeah, two different things. Yeah, it was they two, left. Yeah, it was two. They different. left. They left the following day. They left without and they, wrestling. And they. Took but I mean, you see the you see the building was only like twenty five people, so it's like. Yeah, but but well, part of the thing is they didn't just leave. They took a payoff and then they they left, they, which they, is they sent cheesy. it. They sent it back though, so. Which is cool. Yeah. Well. They probably well <laughs> under pressure. Probably. Yeah, they sent it back probably because there was a lot of backlash. Yeah, a lot they of probably weren't expecting to find a lot of stuff on the internet about the disagreement with. They the probably weren't expecting like people yeah. like they know thinking they did the wrong thing, because I mean there's so few guys who are willing to pay guys nowadays. It's like you yeah. can't really like treat somebody like. I know that. if you're if you're going to promote a show, one pay them what you're promised. Yeah. And. Um, it, it works both ways. I it mean, does. promoters, I know there's a lot of people who like hate on promoters, but there's also a lot of wrestlers who do the same thing. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I can understand there's some, I mean, there are some shifty and cheesy promoters. It's part of the business, but I, I also have a lot of sympathy for promoters because you put up with a lot of ego bullshit. Yeah. I, I mean, it, and then the money you're losing just running a show. It's yeah, like, exactly, exactly. And I mean, I've seen promoters who, and on indie shows, when you have indie wrestlers bitching and moaning about how they're being pushed, yeah, you're an indie wrestler. You're not in WWE. I mean, one, you're wrestling for this promoter. It's his show. He's putting the money for it. Yeah. You know. If he wants you to lose, win or you lose. You lose. You yeah. lose. If he wants you to bark. Yeah. We, no, yeah well, there's certain, certain things. You, there's limitations that, of stuff you... You know, there's certain things you don't have to do, but I mean... Exactly, exactly. No, I, I, I could see to some extent say, yeah. okay, I'm not doing this, I'm not... But yeah. but when you're being a prima donna when you're an indie wrestler, I mean, I remember about five years ago, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was a guy who'd been wrestling for a year and was complaining about none of the indies push him. And I think about... I remember all the... I, I mean, I know it's a whole different world, but you're an indie guy, you've been wrestling for a year, and you're complaining because you don't get pushed... I mean, wrestlers years ago would be jobbers for four or five years before yeah. they got their first push, and it's just. And there's some guys that just it do just that. Yeah, yeah, they just do it like job the whole time. So. Uh, but one of but the <laughs> the reason we got up in arms about Ryan Kidd is because we didn't realize this, but we had seen Ryan Kidd yeah. on a show in Newhall against our own Ray Tanaka. Oh, he wrestled Ray Tanaka. It was Ray Did Tanaka. Did you figure that out, or? Did that, you guys talk about it at the show? Because I remember, because I remember, I saw Ray Tanaka at the next NPW show, yeah. and I said, "said Yeah, you you wrestled that a uh, little dude." We're talking about the New Hall match, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, we didn't hear what uh, the kid's name was. We didn't hear the. Name we heard like kid. kid. We heard kid, but we S- thought, okay, it's not kid. So he's a little dude. He's skinny. He's fast as hell. So we named him Skinny Kid Jones. Yeah, he is Skinny Kid Jones, and we heard. When we heard that, Tony We were very, very offended. Yeah, you do not disrespect Skinny Kid Jones. You do not stretch him. So we were pissed, so... I didn't even remember he wrestled Ray Tanaka. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Yeah. So, well, if I'm ever the dirtbag promoter, he's going to have to understand that while I respect him, he will have to be Skinny Kid Jones. Well, see, that's what, remember when I was thinking about promoting, I was one of my concerns about promoting how wrestlers would react to me telling them what to do. And apparently some guys aren't going to react. When you're not a wrestler, it's not the same thing when you're a wrestler. Exactly. 
Because, I mean, you're not going to be carrying a gun and shit like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not that I wouldn't, I mean, but I mean, I'm not going to be doing that. Well, once again, <laughs> you know, like the old school, old school way of carrying a gun, like in a hole, like a hole to like, yes, what's your problem, Richards? <laughs> like, <laughs> you got a problem, Richards? You're going to, you're going to rustle now. <laughs> and just show, like, wear a coat, and like, just like move the coat and like show your gun. <laughs> yeah, I remember, in fact, I remember uh, Ed Moretti telling me, uh, there's a wrestler, I can't remember who, who it was. God, I can't remember his name, but he was one of the 70s WWF jobbers. Mm-hmm. And he wrestled for Tomko in Vancouver, Al Tomko. He said Tomko. <laughs> oh, God, I was wrong. Timko, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me stand corrected. Al Timko. Yeah, he wrestled for Timko for about two weeks, and Timko fired him. But he didn't go home right away. He'd show up at the arenas with his hand in his jacket as if he was holding a gun. Oh, jeez. And apparently Timko was scared to death and was running in and out of the arenas. Oh, jeez. And, and the line I'll never forget was he saying, Why would he want to shoot me? I'm a family man. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't stop you from getting exactly. shot. Oh, God. Yeah, got to share an Al Timko memory every yeah. now and then. Um, you know, and, and, and besides that, I mean, yeah... When you're promoting a show like that, I, I don't see the benefit of bringing in a Davy Richards or a Tony Casino when you're... Apparently, he told them that that's what offended them. Yeah. When they have to show you what is that promoter's intelligence. That yeah, see, that's, that's, in. that's where a lot of people were like, yeah. well, you know, this guy's also not that smart. I mean, you could tell, like, certain promoters, once they figure out, they'll give it a shot, bring in a guy... But when they notice that it's really not drawing anything yeah. different from well, another and show, you and, guy, and you and I have been in uh, buildings where the place only holds like a hundred people, but they're flying in people that even if they sold out the show, it's still not going to make. Still it not going to pay for that guy's yeah. travel. Even. Yeah, and you, you know, they're not guys with a bunch of sponsors, so you know, there's no sponsors fit in the bill either. So. Well, but that's our rant on indie wrestling. Yes. So we, we should do an indie rant every once in a while. We'll have to do that. Well, yet. we'll do it when we go to lucha shows. Exactly. exactly. We'll be going to that. What's that get together? So that will be covering that. Well, maybe we'll shortly. get interviews for that. That'd be great, actually. Get some just some sound bites. Well, in fact, you know we're going to get interviews yeah, for that. We're some sound talk. bites. We'll have to talk yes. to Superboy again, also. Totally. <laughs> and if Al Marietta is there, like they say he's going to be, we've got to get him to do some cussing into this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the intro. Yep, yep. He's the one guy I never wanted to piss off. I'm glad I was his friend. <laughs> I'm, I was watching the, those videos because I wanted to see what he looked like, and I, holy shit, he's like. Because you told me didn't he, was he old. look? Did he look like like one of the pistoleros in an old spaghetti western? Yeah, yeah, he did. He kind of looked like just one of those old yeah. guys. The like, only the only difference, instead of Clint Eastwood shooting him down, I picture him taking away Clint Eastwood's gun and beating him to death. You know, I was that. watching a match. Mm-hmm. It's this black guy versus a Mexican. It's like I think in the third show of, of that. Um, oh. I can't. Remember, I couldn't figure out the the guy's name. I think I wrote it down, but I can't remember. I can't oh, remember. oh! I think you saw it, it oh, turned into like a shoot. Was it? Did it turn I into a shoot? I remember that clearly. Let me see if I have it on. I know what it's. BJ Speed versus Piranha. Yes, Piranha. I remember Piranha. Actually, it's BJ Speed. I can, I think he used. I a different can tell name. you. I can tell you that that's. I what happened this in that? Very clearly. Because I wrote on. I wrote as the description. I wrote. I wrote these guys start start the match, and it looks like they turn into a shoot because the guy just like starts. He starts like kicking him like in a he weird way. He starts trying to shoot on the guy, and Piranha cool. just walked out of the ring because the black guy started shooting on him. Oh, right? it was stu- uh, this guy was a, oh he was an idiot. He sh- well one it was stupid for the promoter to book him. 
Where, um, where did he get him from? Where, where did he showed up? He showed up the week before. Just some kid claimed he was trained by Mondo Guerrero. Uh-huh. So I show up that day, and originally I was supposed to wrestle him. And uh, the dude who ran these shows was a guy who didn't know wrestling very well. So this kid uh, comes up and says, "I'm a wrestler." He says, "Oh, okay." Oh, um. So uh, he comes up to me and says, "I'm working with you," and I'm saying, "Oh, okay." Uh, well, what do you want to do? And he starts calling the match from uh, the opening move, move by move by move by move. So he's ahead of his time. He's ahead of his time, exactly. Because <laughs> it was 1991. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, he was five sentences into it, and I said, okay, wait a minute. For one thing, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to work a match like that. Yeah. I said, I don't work like that. I'm not going to just script everything. And he says, okay, well, when I go over, and I'm saying, wait a minute, did they say you're supposed to go over? Oh, yeah, they want me to go over. And I'm just, something ain't ringing right here. I mean. <laughs> you're Vandal Drummond. <laughs> I'm Vandal Drummond, damn it. Yeah, this was only maybe my my fourth, fourth Lucha, Lucha match. And, but I'm saying, I mean, it wasn't even vague. I knew there was something wrong with this kid. And so I said, look, we'll we're just going to improvise it in the ring, okay? Yeah. And I wasn't even going to talk any high spots with him. So I go in the dressing room thinking, oh, what am I getting myself into? And uh, a local boy, uh, a veteran local boy, Cosmos, mm-hmm. uh, about 10 minutes later, walks into my dressing room. You know, we had separate dressing room, heel and face dressing room. Yeah. So um, we couldn't really converse with each other. Cosmos walks up to me and looks really pissed off and says when you get in the ring with that kid Bunch don't give him anything oh just oh. just don't live don't give him any moves just just take him down and beat him i'm going okay and i'm like oh great this is a fun position to be in and for some reason they changed it up and yeah because they probably wanted somebody to do what you were supposed to do yeah well they they put him in with piranha and uh they turned me heel that day that day only <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Even. So I ended up being in BJ's dressing room, and yeah, the kid went in what and did what he did, just trying to do kicks and stuff. Yeah, do kicks and a shoot. And Piranha said, "This is bullshit." Piranha was a really good worker. Yeah. Piranha walk, walks back to the dressing room, and then uh, he says, "This is a bunch of crap." And then BJ comes back in. Everybody just laid into him. And says, "What the fuck do you think you're doing?" And he tried to say, "Well, that guy doesn't know how to work." And just everybody laid into him. He he looked scared to death. Like, wow. He looked like he was scared he's going to get killed. And I and Budokan was one of the ones who just came up and says 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 you think you're going to you're trying to be smart and just hurt somebody? You don't know what you're doing. You could really hurt that guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because they he took him down. I mean, Piranha started like trying to get him to stay down and stuff. And if Piranha wanted, Piranha could have taken him. Yeah, and then and then like he threw a high, high kick at him, and he was like, "What?" The? That's when he walked. Yeah, out, and right? he's like, what? Yeah. "Yeah." He looks at the ref like, "What the fuck's going on?" And he just walks out. <laughs> he's like, "I'm out of here." And then I I remember about two weeks later, I that's got, a shoot. See, that's what that a is shoot. a shoot. That's yeah, what, that's what a. About two weeks later, Alex Knight uh, calls me and says, uh, you want to work one of my shows? And I'm going, oh, yeah, I'll be up for that. What do, what do you need? Oh, I got this kid, BJ Speed. I want you to put him over. And I said, uh, I'll work with him, but I won't put him over. And he says, why? And I told him the story, and uh, he didn't use him on. Oh, <laughs> wow. So he got, he got a bad reputation from that. He, oh, there, uh, if you talk to Frankie D, there's a, there's a whole bunch of funny BJ Speed stories where he used to bring a championship belt 
uh-huh. to every show we went to and would try to tell people I'm a champion. Oh, jeez. they say, you're not wearing the belt to the ring, you're not a champion. So they'd book him on one of, uh, in like an opening match, and then he'd have somebody give him the belt on the way to the ring. Who was, th- there was a match before that that was like a little that kid? That was two of his friends he brought along. In fact, if you'll notice. They were like little kids, right? Like They were like teenagers. Yeah. And they were two of BJ's friends. Yeah. And the funniest thing is, is you'll notice that the veteran Cosmos is at ringside. Uh-huh. And Cosmos was there just in case it got too out of hand. He was just going to... Go in there and beat the shit out <laughs> Yeah, or tell them to take it home and get them out of there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I could tell, you know, Cosmos is one of the old Hadco Plaza guys, and you could tell he is frustrated that the promoter was stupid enough to Jeez. use guys who just showed up and said, you know... It's, it's like the whole mass transit thing where mass transit shows up at, uh, to ECW. Yeah. I'm a wrestler. Oh, okay, we'll book you. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people should know better. So. Yeah, you got to know a little bit more yeah. background behind the guy. Yeah. Those were fun shows, though. I mean... Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that just because it seemed so weird. And I thought... That was Kurt, bizarre. Maybe Kurt knows who this guy is. Next time you see Frankie, bring up the name BJ Speed. Yeah, I'll have he, to he'll, ask him. He'll start laughing and he'll have a yeah. hundred stories to like, tell you. I'll record it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! What, what, well, well, this is this has uh, been a very. I think this is the longest Lucha World we've done, don't you think? Or, How long has it gone? Probably like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, easily, probably is. easily. So, uh, well, we hope you folks enjoyed it. Even all the non-Lucha stuff, we had a really good time doing it, and we will be back. What do you say? Two weeks. Two weeks works. Two weeks it is. We'll see you folks then. Keep it rocking. Keep it real, and away we go, folks. <laughs>